You are listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. Hour two of Miller and Moulton on this hump day. Let's get over it together, shall we? Pat Kerwin in a little more than 30 minutes time. Seth Everett in an hour. Our buddy Matt Canada, Pro Football Network, in a little more than 90 minutes. Kicking around. What's going on in the sports world? First off, it's the beginning of the two-week NFL window, Mark, where teams can tag players if they're so inclined. Last year, remember, running backs got tagged, and they became miserable. And they threatened to hold out. In some cases, they did hold out. But in just about every instance, the team threw a few more shekels at them, gave them some incentives that they thought they could reach. And the Josh Jacobs and the Saquon Barkleys and the Ecklers of the world, they all came back in and played. The Vikings, meanwhile, told Cook, we're done with you. We'll see you later. Mark, the thought is this year, the running backs ain't going to get tagged again. That the Raiders, they can't work something out with Jacobs. They're probably not going to tag him. Giants, it looks as if them and Barkley are divorcing. Rumored, by the way, the Chargers, apparently, uh, Jim Harbaugh can't wait to get his hands on him. That's, don't know. That came out last week. Harbaugh's like, oh, I'd make him the focal point of our offense. Sure, Justin Herbert's like, uh, hello? Have you seen me? Hello? Yes, I have seen you. Right. And we're going to do this thing called run the football. <laughs> yes, we are. We're going to play action pass. Yep. Looks like they're going to get rid of Williams already with the Chargers. Uh, it also does not look like uh, my buddy Mike Evans and the Bucks are going to stay married. That doesn't look like that's going to happen. There's just too much money out there for Mike Evans. In fact, there's concern. Can the Bucks just, you know, seal the deal with Baker? Remember, you don't want to tag him because that's no. way more money than you want to spend. You know, that's how the Giants got in the mess they were in. They were hoping to sign Barkley. All right, tag Jones. Barkley wouldn't sign. They had to give Jones more money than they wanted to and tag Barkley. And the Bucks think want us to do a deal with Baker and then uh, tag the safety. Keep him in the fold, Winfield. But it looks as if, uh, and if you're Baker, by the way, how interested are you in returning to Tampa with no Mike Evans? Serious, Mark. You're Baker Mayfield. I mean, come on. He's your he's your guy. He's the best player on the field. Best receiver you've ever thrown to. Well, there's no doubt. All those are true, David. But I don't know. Baker's going to have options. But are they going to be as good as what he has in Tampa? Oh, well, let me ask you. Minnesota. Atlanta. Atlanta's really interesting. I mean, Minnesota is too. They do have this Jefferson guy. He's pretty good the last time I checked. Don't you think the mm-hmm. NFC South is attractive to stay in? Well, 
New Orleans has paid for Carr, and they're not willing. Uh, they've got there's 78 million over the cap. They can't afford to move off Carr. No, no, no. I think what he's saying is just staying with Tampa because of the. Is, I, I, yeah, that's how I took it. Well, it's staying okay. with Tampa you, because of being in the NFC if South. You look at Minnesota. It's like you get a good receiver, but you're playing against Detroit, Green Bay, and Chicago twice a year. Yeah, this is about starting and getting paid. You know. I mean that that's cute that you're all you're still thinking about winning. That's cute. This is about playing time and getting paid. Winning is like a distant third. This is business. With Baker though? I don't Yes. I, this is playing time and getting paid. This, this may be the last time Baker has a chance to be a starter and sign a contract and get paid like what? I mean, he's going to get let's just say 40 which that's not what's being reported. It's less, actually. Okay, 35? Well, that's what I thought, because that was the Geno Smith contract. So I thought that's what Baker was going to get. Uh, but, you know, apparently teams, they're trying to say the, the Daniel Jones contract's horrendous. And apparently teams are saying that to the Baker Mayfields of the world going, we're not paying you Daniel Jones money. No, they're idiots. We're not. So I think the NFL, Mark, is trying to create a middle-class salary structure for quarterbacks. Okay, but even if it's mid-30s. Right, yeah, three for 100. All right. it takes is one team to break that sure. and it become 40. Yeah. And Let me ask $10 million, $15 million over three years – is enough to make a quarterback move. Let me ask you this. You're Atlanta. Give up a couple of draft picks for Fields or just give up salary cap room for Baker? I mean, because Fields' is rookie contract, you get two more years of his rookie deal. I mean, salary cap-wise, Fields is – but you're going to have to give up probably two twos to get Justin Fields. No, I, I know, and this is that's really tough because Baker had a nice year last year. I mean, I think he could go into Atlanta and improve that team dramatically. And remember, what was the turning point game for both teams last year? Baker Mayfield leading the Bucks on not one, but two fourth-quarter touchdown drives through the game-winning pass in the final minute. That The Bucks were 4-7, and 5-7, seven, and seven actually, I think, when they played that game. And Atlanta was in first place. And that game changed the fortunes of both franchises. So Atlanta literally watched Baker Mayfield ruin their season in their stadium. How do you think they feel about Baker Mayfield? They should have a very positive feeling towards the way he can play the position. I so, think I'd take Fields. So you think you'd give up the two twos for Fields? I think I would. Okay. Trent? Gut feeling. Just blurt it out. Do you pay the money for Baker if you're Atlanta, or do you give up the two twos and save the cap space and go with Fields? Baker. Where would you go? Um, I would go with Baker. Baker's taken two teams to the playoffs. Okay, People now, you know, have totally forgotten about his time in Cleveland. You know, I've I look at his time in Cleveland as a positive. His final year, by the way, he played through a completely busted up left shoulder. 
He he couldn't practice all week. He played games in a harness. Quarterbacks were literally going on TV saying, if you've never played the position, it you have no idea how restrictive a harness is. There's a reason he's no longer an accurate quarterback. It's the harness on his left shoulder. David, not and to mention 2020 season, that playoffs, they had the Chiefs on the ropes. Yeah. Literally no one 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 play from Chad Henney away from advancing with two playoff wins for the Cleveland Browns. Let me just back to the Bucks here and uh-huh. Baker and Evans. Uh-huh. Why wouldn't the Bucks franchise Evans? Well, they can't. They can't. I, I think um, my understanding is they can't franchise him. I thought he's an un. I, I thought that how many years he's been. I, I thought Mike Evans can't be franchised. Okay. So uh, if I'm wrong, I'm, I'm. I apologize. So I thought because of how they did his contract and what have you that he could. Like Kirk Cousins can't be franchised. Okay, the way he did it, they cannot tag Cousins. I thought the same rule applied with Evans. If I'm wrong, I apologize. But I thought it was the same thing. Well, the rumor and also I, is that the Bucks are going to use it on Winfield, I guess. Well, right. But I thought they couldn't, Evans. If I'm wrong, I apologize. Because I'm reading an article. Right I'm now. reading an article where they're talking about tagging Evans and that it's a cheaper okay. tag than it was the, what they paid him last year. That his franchise tag number would actually be cheaper than what they paid him last yeah, year. Yeah, it's about well, the cost it, of the tag, apparently. What's the tag on a wide receiver then? $20.7 million. Okay. It's a lot of money, that, but he's worth it. I think yeah, he's worth I, it. His cap number last year was 23.7. Yeah, that's a good point. By the way, how did the running back franchise tag go up a million and a half bucks? I don't understand that. The whole league went out of their way last year to reduce the salaries of running backs, and yet the running back tag went up like over a million bucks. The economics of that position is such a mess. It's it's, but it's also it's just strange. I mean, the tag is the average of the top five salaries at the position. I'm guessing certain contracts like McCaffrey's and what have you now. Hunt's contract last year, right? So Barkley's on the franchise tag would have been one of the top ones. So. That is odd. That's a very odd occurrence. But you're right, David. I think it's just because that position's top heavy. Take Mike Evans off the Bucks. Tell me through Baker Mayfield's eyes. I mean, you know, there's still, you know, listen, our buddy Roy Cummings has said, hey, the couple of the young wide receivers right. there can Palmer play. Palmer there can play. And, and would huh. they draft? I mean, it's a great wide receiver class coming into the game. Great. Very deep. Correct. Mm-hmm. But, all right. So there's a little NFL talk. We'll have plenty of that. Pat Kerwin coming on the show. Matt Kanata coming on the show as well. Seth Everett will join us today. 21,000 is the text line. A couple of poll questions already up there today. Anthony Rendon said baseball is not his top priority. How do you feel about your job? Top priority, 18%. Eh? 73%. Hate my job, just 9% of you. Good for you, what? listeners. What? What? I call BS. Only 9% of you hate your job? Yeah, that makes sense. One in 10. I, I think eh is a very reasonable answer for a lot of people that are 
Do you know how miserable people are? (laughs) And you're saying that your job is only causing 9% of that misery? Really? You know, road rage that's out there. The more I think about it, I I guess I I side with David, actually. I I think a lot of people now people that are voting meh. I think there's a lot. I think half the people that are voting meh hate their job. I'll tell you what, it's because they haven't gone into work yet. Go into work in 90 minutes and then do the poll question. (laughs) I will say late voting from Broward and Dade could definitely influence this vote, David. This is you are on to something there. That as the day progresses and people right now, they're up, they're having their coffee, they're catching a little Miller and Moulton going, hey, off to a great start. I followed them on their bets last night. I won some money. Can't wait to go to work. And it all ends. They're going to get in the mess that is traffic wherever they're going this morning and have to take 30 minutes longer to get there than normal. Then our other poll question is, how do you feel about a first-team mulligan? I'm a first-team mulligan guy. Mark's like, hell no. Suck it up. Play it. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. 21 minutes past the hour. Pat Kerwin, a little more than 15 minutes time. Thanks so much for being with us. Seth Everett at the top of the hour. All right. In light of... This whole college football playoff committee news, you know, five conference champions get automatic bids. The top five conference champions. And most people can assume that it will be the power four conference champions and then one other. And the top four conference champions will be seeded one through four. The fifth best conference champion our understanding is, is not being seated fifth. In fact, could be seated 12th, but they get a spot in the playoff. But Mark, just for you know what and giggles, this was the AP top 12 after the conference championship games last year. Okay. Because in theory, this right. is when we're picking them. Michigan, Washington, Texas, Florida State, according to the AP. And obviously, that's Big Ten at the time. Go with us. Pac-12, Big 12, ACC. Alabama, five. And we assume they would be seeded five because they just beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. Right? No, I think they'd be seated ahead of Florida State. I think they would. I think this committee would have done exactly what it did last year. Well, hold I, on, I, if if they if they knew that Florida State, yeah, they'd get I, them in the tournament. I know what you're saying, well, but I well, I think but, with this in mind, with the 12 team format in mind, they would receive. Well, first off, I'm just going by the AP poll. Okay, I'm not saying what the committee would have done. Right. Although, but, Mark, I will say this is very interesting. Let's do a quick sidebar here. If you're Alabama, do you want to be the four or the five? Get a home game with the five. I, I understand and, that. And, I understand and, that. And, you you and, risk the chance of players getting injured. You want to play less games. Uh, guess who you get in the second round? You get the third-string quarterback there at Florida State. You, you'd, I mean, you'd get them in the second round if you were the fourth seed, too. 
I understand, they win. but you lose it, but you lose out on eight to ten million bucks. I, I'm just, no, uh, I, it's a very I, interesting no. thing. Where first off, I don't think they play. Put it this way: Do you think the politics will be as big going forward? Because it'll be interesting yes, behind yeah. the scenes. Well, but I mean, you have to acknowledge what certain schools will value the buy more than the money. Other schools are like, screw that. Give me the money. Give me the home game. You're so right. And I hate that. That's where the sport's going. I mean, they're barreling towards this. You're the, listen, it's your call. You're the president or AD. It's your call. I'm the coach. Okay. Do you want us to be the four or the five? It's your call, Mark. I would, I would want to be the four. Okay. Every time and play less games. I, okay. I don't want to take a chance. An injury, I I want to play yeah, less okay. games. Fair enough. Georgia was six. Ohio State was seven. Oregon was eight. Missouri, Penn State, Ole Miss, and Oklahoma. Now. Oklahoma's probably out then because you've got to add the group of five school. Now, Notre Dame was 15th. SMU was 17th. Those were the two outliers that if we're going to take a school out here and put somebody else in, this is just based on the AP poll. But just if we go with what's on paper right now, Michigan, Washington, Texas, Florida State would have had buys if we had had this last year. Bama would have hosted Oklahoma. Georgia would have hosted Ole Miss. Ohio State would have hosted Penn State, and Oregon would have hosted Missouri. Well, you got to throw in a group of – I mean, there's still five conference champions going. Okay. So Oklahoma would be out. Now, remember last year, though, last year we had six power conferences or five power conferences. So, you know. But, yeah, fine. Take Oklahoma out. Alabama's hosting either Notre Dame or SMU. And it, it would be SMU because they had an automatic bid. Okay. And it would be a blowout. Maybe not, but I think so. So, just going by that, Alabama hosts SMU, Georgia hosts Ole Miss, Ohio State hosts Penn State, Oregon hosts Missouri. That's what our first-round games would have looked like last year. Obviously, this year there's one less conference champion and you know, but we're also trying to give you a taste of how many Big Ten teams, how many SEC teams are going to be filling out spots, you know, 5 through 12. I mean, I can safely say that Oregon, Ohio State, and I believe Penn State will be in the playoff next year from the Big Ten. Ohio State's winning the national title. I've already placed that bet. I'm all in. That'd be great for the sport. The year after Michigan finally wins at Ohio State, takes the throne back. Yeah, I know. They, they, they've done so little winning at Ohio State. Yeah, you're right. The whole sport would be like, oh, thank goodness Ohio State won a national title. Yeah, because everybody <laughs> seems to have such a, a soft spot for the Buckeyes nationally. Exactly. I mean, I just, they're, they're really well-liked. It just, you know, I, California would be like, oh, you know, good for the Buckeyes. <laughs> SEC country would be oh you know what uh you know what you know after upon further you know I'm so happy for Ohio State good for the sport not uh-huh. not happy good for the sport no, good for the sport would be Wisconsin winning the national title 
showing that someone outside of teams like Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama, and Georgia can actually win a natty. Ole Miss winning the national right. title. That, that means Lane. I love Lane. And the Grove and the scenery that comes with the Grove. But All right, 28 minutes after the hour, Pat Kerwin in the on-deck circle. I don't know where Trent's going here. Mark, you got a gut feeling about where Trent's going for the play of the day? I think he'd be going to Creighton would be my guess because they knocked off number one UConn, but I don't know. Time now for our Molly made play of the day. Trent, what do you have for us? It was a great night in college hoops, but a Florida team walked it off the ice last night. So we go across Alligator Alley to Sunrise, Florida, where the Panthers are hosting the Senators. Panthers get out to a 2-0 lead. Going into the third period, even. But the Senators make it interesting with a two-goal third period, and all of a sudden we have overtime, David. And about a minute and a half into overtime, the Panthers took care of business. Lundell gets by Brady, gets shot, shot by the score! Let's go home, baby! Anton Lundell extends the winning streak to a half dozen. Lundy, Anton Lindell walks it off. Panthers grab their 37th win of the season. If you're keeping track at home, they've got 78 points, and they are in first place in the Atlantic. More points than every NHL team but the Vancouver Canucks, and they'll try to keep it going tomorrow against the Hurricanes. And there's your Molly-made play of the day. They're not just first in the Atlantic. They're first in the East, yep. baby. The team that represented the conference in the finals last year is the top of the standings at this point this year. And that's your Molly made play of the day, 239-774-5839. That's 239-774-5839. Call them today and give your spouse the gift of a clean house. Now, is the Lightning right now the first wild card or the second? First. All right. You know what we need? We need the Panthers to win the division. And we need the Lightning to be the second wild card. We need need a Panthers-Lightning 1-8 First round playoff series. Let's do this. Who says no? Would be fantastic. The The young Panthers team that's a little chippier, a little hungrier against the old guard of the Tampa Bay Lightning would make for a great first round matchup. Florida's never beaten Tampa Bay in the playoffs. They'd be heavy favorites this year. The Lightning and their four Hall of Famers would be looking across at them going, we're a tough out. Come on. Come on. You see that guy in the pipes? That's a Vasilevsky. You don't have one of those. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. With Pat Kerwin, joining us on a hump day, courtesy of Pinchers, Tampa to Key West, all points in between, Pinchers, where you can't fake fresh. You know Pat, moving the chains, weekdays, 3 to 7, NFL Radio. He just got done doing that NFL Today thing at CBS and the Super Bowl. How are you, buddy? Well, I'm doing great, but I needed my Miller and Moulton fix today. I was <laughs> I, Yesterday, I was depressed all day, and I realized the problem is I haven't talked to the boys. And then, of course, I've come to really enjoy Trent and his love affair with the Lions. And now, making an impact with him, he's going to minor league hockey games. We'll have lots to talk about going forward. Absolutely. All right, Pat. So obviously we can start tagging players here, free agencies a a month away, but what is it you're looking at in the league right now? What are you paying attention to? 
I'm paying attention to the business because you got to get your foundation set. So we have option year issues that are going to be um, all uh, with the class of 2021 first run. That's Trevor Lawrence's draft and who's going to get it and who's not. And people say, well, why are you worrying about it now? I'm worried about it now because you got to get in under the cap real soon. And some of those things have to be factored in, like Trevor Lawrence, his option year is going to be $22 million. And you got to look at all these things and who are you going to pick up? I, I've got about 12 guys I think will not get the option, which is about right. So that's one thing. Restricted free agent tenders, here they come. You got those guys that you love that you got to protect those guys, the restricted guys. And the first round tender for them is 6.4 million. If you want to put a second round grade, it's 4.6. And if you want to just to write a first refusal, it's going to be almost 3 million. So you got to deal with that. The void deers, deals is really what I'm on today. A lot of guys did funny money contracts and those funny money contracts where you, you spread out bonuses. I don't want to complicate this for the listeners over years. You don't even have the guy under contract. They're called void. They voided out and Minnesota is in trouble. They've got cousins. Who's if he doesn't do a new deal, they got a $29 million shot from voided stuff. Hunters 15 million Davenport who just pushed the date back a week is 5 million. You just think about those numbers and all of a sudden your team might be hit for almost 50 million of cap space for the avoidable stuff. So there's a bunch of Tampa Bay, Tennessee, they're all involved with that. Um, franchise tags, that's coming up right now. Who are you going to put a franchise tag on? And then uh, the minimum wage stuff, you know, those things go up. So all that adds up to stress on your cap. You're a team like the Saints that's scheduled to be 82 million bucks over the cap. When you're in pro personnel, like I was, you take all those teams at the bottom that have real issues, Buffalo, Miami, um, and you start looking at their roster, figuring out who the cap casualties are. So when free agency starts and it's not far away, I'm going to the combine next Tuesday, and right after we get back, we'll be free agency. And you start looking at those teams and going, okay, who are they going to have to dump? Who they're going to have to get rid of who we're going to get for free. And you start looking I look, I track every freaking position. I just still like doing it. The safety position in free agency is going to be awesome. There's so many 25 and 26 year olds that are good players. Now they're going to tag Winfield. We get all that, but Kyle Duggar, maybe not tag curl over in Washington, but now we added three guys already to that list. Eddie Jackson, Adrian Phillips, Tracy Walker, Yo, so they're going to load up. You got to marry that to your draft. You can almost skip safety in the draft with the amount of quality players. Now, you're going to know if you get them or not, but that's where the strength is. And there's some real weaknesses in free agency where if you need an offensive tackle, you better be thinking about the draft. And the Giants have to make a decision, Barkley or the safety McKinney. Yeah. And uh, it sounds as if they're going to go with the safety McKinney and Barkley will likely walk. But speaking of Barkley, this is a very deep running back free agent class potential. Jacobs could be there. Derrick Henry will be there. Barkley. You know, Pat, if you just go back a few weeks, the Bills were criticized for getting away from the running game, and that's why they lost to the Chiefs. The Packers were criticized getting away from the running game. They put the game in Jordan Love's hands late. He cost them the game. The Niners not winning the Super Bowl. A lot of people felt they lost it in the third quarter when they got away from 
running the ball. So we've seen it just in the recent playoffs, Pat. Teams not running the ball is why they lost. Do you think then that there will be a team or two that then says, you know, we need to invest in the running back? Um, I agree with you, but this is the time of year they all tell you how much they want to run the ball. They just start lying from now till August. And they convince themselves that they're going to run the ball more. But it's the pressure of the moment, the big games. The quarterback's the highest paid guy on their team most of the time. Certainly not in Purdy's case. And they, they fly away from it. And this has been going on forever. How many teams, this is to the listeners, how many teams do you think run the ball more than they throw the ball per year the last 10 years? Two and a half. Call it three out of 32. They just don't do it. And do you think one guy has ever been hired as an OC because he just went in detail about the run game? They're all hired because they can coach the quarterback and throw the ball. And that's their background, and that's their signature, and they all revert back to it. It's very hard for these guys. And if you really take the running quarterback out of the equation, you peel back the onion on that. Those guys are running because they're scrambling off a pass play. Pure running plays. Uh, Not many of them. So do I think there's a home for Derrick Henry? Yeah, people already label him a dinosaur. But I said yesterday, I, I, I would think, If I was Dallas, he'd be on my team. They didn't have a power back. They lost Zeke Elliott, and Rico Dowdell's not the answer. So I I think there's places for him. Austin Eckler, if you need a third down guy that's got, you know, the ability to run on first and second down, there's a guy I like. So there are a lot of running backs, like you said, and someone said, oh, Baltimore should go get um, Derrick Henry. Okay, fine. But they just had Gus Edwards. He ran for 13 rushing touchdowns. It wasn't their runners in Baltimore. It was their play caller. I, I'm, I mean, yes. they, they had the guys, Pat. Yeah, it's the play caller, the one who thinks, I'm going to get a head coaching job when I develop this quarterback. And you don't develop quarterbacks by handing off. All right, let's talk about the Bucks. You had mentioned uh, Tampa. It looks like they're going to tag Winfield. What do they do with Are they going to be able to keep Evans? Are they going to sign Baker? When you look at Tampa, how would you be running that franchise going forward? Well, I think you need one to get the other. That's the first thing. I don't think Evans would go back without Baker there. Baker really knows how to get the ball to Evans. Uh, These receivers, a 31-year-old Mike Evans, an awesome player, he got hit a lot deep shots last year with Baker. I don't think he wants to go back there if the quarterback thing is uh, unknown. So I would be getting Baker done. Jimmy Jimmy Miller says it too. Oh, yeah, Baker, he's got to go back to Tampa. I go, he doesn't have to go back there. He should go back there, but he doesn't have to go back there. What if Atlanta made a run at him? What you about know, Minnesota? You know, Baker's got to be 10, 15 million less a year than Kirk. I mean, you know. They're not going to be able to keep Kirk unless unless Kirk decides to stay. They, they have no way to retain his services. Right. So if you're Minnesota, why not Baker? I'm with you. So it goes back to Mark's question about Tampa Bay. How do you retain Evans if you can't deliver Baker? What are you going to tell him? We're getting a rookie quarterback. He's not going down that road at 31. He is going to go to some place where they're pitching the ball to him and, and Baker's the answer. So my answer to Mark's question is get Baker signed and then recruit Evans. That's what I'd be doing. 
I don't think he can go the other way. I think you have to go get Baker Dunn, who's cheaper than Evans anyway. But Pat, are there going to be any offensive linemen in free agency that are worth a damn? Uh, the guard at the rate at the Rams, he'll be worth something. Uh, Kevin Dotson. Um, but that's you know, it, right? I mean, which uh, yeah, I'm not a big kind of to... Williams fan. It's a, it's marrying the draft to free agency, and if you're in the O line business, you better be looking hard at the draft. Right, right. That's that's why I brought it up. Kind of what you said that if you need a safety, you can get a safety in free agency. You don't have to waste a draft pick. But if you need an offensive lineman, you got to go to the draft. Yeah, and I think you know it's really too early to make any statements, but. I wouldn't be surprised if there's six offensive tackles in the first round. Well, that means, Pat, if you're right about the offensive line, there's going to be a lot of plug-and-play offensive linemen, so that's putting a lot of pressure on some GMs this year. Yes, there is. Um, the one thing I'd say about offensive tackles, rookie offensive tackles, first off, we'd love to call them safe picks. Why? We put them on the field, and unlike a receiver who can't read coverage and looks lost out there, or a corner who can't cover or play press, I can always help the tackle. I get a tight end over there. I can get a fullback to chip. I can run a protection to him. I can do a lot of things to hide his deficiencies while he's learning how to play. I talked yesterday to the big tackle uh, from Alabama, Latham, J.C. Latham. Man, what a, what a stud that guy is. And he left his home when he was 15. He's like a hockey player, Mark. He left home at 15, went to IMG, and was basically programmed to be a first-round draft pick and totally gets what it's going to take uh, to be on the field opening day. It's... Pat, if it's even, if literally players, it's like, ah, take either one. One's a receiver, one's an offensive lineman. What would you take? Because obviously we had the big debate a couple of years ago, Sewell or Chase. Obviously it's worked out really well for both teams because that's how the draft, it looks like, you know, apparently there could be eight wide receivers in the first round. You just mentioned there could be six offensive tackles in the first round. I think teams, a lot of them are going to have that Bengals-Lions dilemma from a few years ago. Well, we got them rated kind of even. Do we go receiver or lineman? Well, in general, with no names required to answer that, I'll take the big guy. There's just not enough big guys on the planet. And the depth at receiver is there, and it has been there for a long time. Now, you don't always get one, but I think when you look at Rasheed Rice over there in, in uh, Kansas City, you can find guys who can play receiver in the second and third round. It depends on the quality of your quarterback. The more close to elite the quarterback is, the more they can develop the third, fourth, fifth round receiver. But the big tackle, it's not glitzy. That's why people don't like it. But you know what? You can't live without them. And if there's just not enough six foot six, 330 pound guys with 35 inch arms, there's just not enough. Of them. Is that why at the end of the day, if you're Kansas City, you try to sign Jones, you tag Snead, and you figure that if you need another receiver, you just draft one, and the quarterback's job is to make that receiver better? Yep, and the, what they need to do is get a left tackle because Donovan cannot play anymore. We all saw that in the Super Bowl. Uh, thank goodness they don't call holding. I was just going to say, if they're not going <laughs> to call if they're not going to call holding on the Chiefs in the playoffs, they can keep their current tackles. I mean, but if they start calling it, they need to draft some linemen. Yeah, so uh, to me, it's clear they need a left tackle. Be nice to get one that would be there for 10 years and, and be there with Mahomes for his whole career. So 
Yep, I'll be taking the big tackle over the receiver most of the time. Um, and especially defensive tackles. How many big body guys are there? And how many teams need a wide body? If I have one Dallas caller, I got 100 Dallas callers, and all they want is someone to plug up the middle so they can stop the run. Pat, you can be $50 million over the cap, but there's you cut two guys, rework two contracts, you're back to even. You examine the contracts. Give me a team that cap-wise, besides New Orleans, which is $80 million over, is there a team out there that cap-wise, them being over is a problem because of how they've done contracts? Well, that's the voidable years that are going to haunt people. So if you've got voidables that are all coming due here, like I mentioned, Minnesota, they're, they're a mess because of their love affair with Cousins when Cousins had him over the barrel the whole time. But Tampa Bay, we already talked about. Look at Tennessee. Bye-bye Tannehill, but that's a $9 million hit uh, because it avoid Henry's $5.5 million. Uh, Al Shaheer's $2.5 million. So those kind of teams um, have problems. But the Buffalo Bills need to be examined closely because uh, they are – now, I, why do I bring them up? Can they get to the zero number, which you talked about? Yeah, but they want to win a Super Bowl, and they're not going to stay together two more years if they don't get over the top. So they're $54 million over. They were $51 million over yesterday. Now they're $54 million over because I'm sure there was some incentives earned that were unlikely. How do they develop a team? This is why they can't catch Kansas City. Kansas City has $23 million of cap space right now, and they can liquidate part of Mahomes' contract, which we talked about last week, and get to $50 million over the cap. World champions with $50 million. So getting to zero doesn't close the door or close the gap on Kansas City. Buffalo and Miami are sitting, both of them, over $50 million. And they got a lot of guys out of contract. He's Pat Kerwin. NFL Radio is moving the chains weekdays 3 to 7. It's also part of CBS's NFL Today show. Joining us once again, courtesy of Pinchers, Pinchers, Tampa to Key West, all points in between Pinchers. We can't fake fresh. Pat will rejoin us on Friday. Seth Everett is next.